Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. At the age of 12, this young man's testimony helped convict the man who murdered his mother. Five years later, discrepancies in the autopsy led him to question if the murdered woman really was his mother. If it wasn't, an innocent man had been sent to prison. This well-manicured neighborhood in Mansfield, Ohio, was home to one of the most successful doctors in town. Dr. John Boyle, known as Jack to family and friends, had built up a thriving medical practice in Mansfield that was the envy of his colleagues. He had what the investigators called the largest medical practice in Richland County. Uh, One out of 13 people, and we have 130,000 people living in Richland County, used Dr. Boyle as their physician. Jack and his wife Noreen had been married for more than 20 years. Noreen enjoyed the status they had achieved in the community. She was one who liked to kind of maybe put on some airs, and she was very interested in social status and I think was concerned about what people thought of her. The couple had two children, a 12-year-old son, Collier, and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, whom they adopted from Taiwan. From outward appearances, they appeared to be a happy family. But Jack Boyle had a not-so-well-kept secret. Jack was having numerous sexual affairs with other women. Noreen knew about Jack's affairs, but according to friends, looked the other way in an effort to keep the family together. But it wasn't long until Collier was old enough to figure things out for himself especially after seeing his father kiss another woman romantically. For Noreen, this was the last straw, and she filed for divorce. Jack Boyle had been planning to move his medical practice to Erie, Pennsylvania, about three hours away. He asked Noreen to join him there to make a fresh start. On New Year's Day in 1990... Noreen Boyle missed a lunch date with her best friend, who called police to report her missing. Collier Boyle and his grandmother told investigators that Noreen and Jack had an argument on New Year's Eve and that Noreen left home after the argument. Dr. Boyle's mother said Jack left after breakfast for Erie, Pennsylvania to work on the new home he had purchased. Noreen Boyle's friends were suspicious. They doubted that Noreen would ever leave home without her children. But Dr. Boyle had no history of domestic violence, and his mother said she heard nothing unusual or suspicious on the night Noreen disappeared. Days passed. There was no word from Noreen Boyle. People in Mansfield wondered if she'd left town to get away from her husband's infidelities or 
if she was a victim of foul play. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. In January of 1990, Noreen Boyle, the pretty 44-year-old wife of a prominent physician in Mansfield, Ohio, had been reported missing. Family members said the couple argued on New Year's Eve, and Jack said Noreen left the home after the argument. But a neighbor who was awake that night said he didn't see anyone leave the Boyle residence between midnight and 4 o'clock in the morning. Police searched the Boyle's home, looking for evidence of violence. When we arrived on Hawthorne Lane, we were fully staffed. We had lab coats. Uh, we went in to, to process the scene for the potential evidence of maybe a homicide happened. And when we got done, we pretty much just shrugged our shoulders and left. The day after Noreen disappeared... Jack Boyle had driven to Erie, Pennsylvania, where he had planned to move his medical practice. When police looked into the couple's background, they discovered that Jack Boyle was a serial philanderer who had a number of extramarital relationships which were known to the entire family. In one instance, Collier saw his father kiss and hug a woman named Sherry Campbell, whom he introduced as his good friend. Collier, this is Sherry. Hi, Daddy's nice friend. to meet you. How are you? Good, how are you? What caught Collier's attention was that Sherry Campbell was wearing a ring that belonged to his mother. That's a low-life type of thing, was take his wife's uh, jewelry, steal it from his wife, and then place it on his uh, mistress' uh, finger and acted like he bought that ring uh, specifically for Sherry Campbell. Just six weeks before Noreen Boyle disappeared, the couple had purchased a new home in Erie, Pennsylvania. But the signature on the purchase agreement was that of N. Sherry Boyle, which was not Noreen's middle name, and the description given by the real estate agent did not match Noreen Boyle. The real estate agent described the young lady that was with Dr. Boyle as being pregnant and uh, very young, and uh, certainly that didn't uh, resemble the, the photos that uh, I had of uh, Noreen. Also suspicious was that Jack Boyle didn't negotiate the sales price. He agreed to pay the full asking price in exchange for the seller's promise to be out of the home by January 1st. David Messmore suspected that Boyle may have had a specific reason why he wanted to have possession of the Erie home by January 1st and why he was making frequent trips there following his wife's disappearance. Messmore took a calculated risk and visited Collier Boyle at school so he could speak to the boy alone. Collier was even more forthcoming than he had been in earlier interviews. My father walked down the hall... 
Collier was awakened by a loud thump. Uh, shortly after that, his father, he heard him walking down the hallway to uh, his room. And he remembers his father opening the door and looking in at him for a long period of time. And did anything happen the next day? Did, did he say anything to you the next morning? Well, he told me Mom went on a little vacation. And Collier had more information about his father's trips to Erie. Collier also told me that after his father got back from that weekend in Erie, um, his shoulders and arms were very sore, and Collier had to rub liniment on him, um, which was unusual. A check of local businesses revealed Jack Boyle had rented a jackhammer from the Easy Rental Center in Mansfield a few days before Noreen disappeared, and had also purchased a roll of indoor-outdoor carpet. The realtor who sold Dr. Boyle his new home told investigators that he asked some unusual questions about the property. He said that, uh, is there a chance that I could lower the floor in the basement um, because my kids like to play uh, basketball downstairs? So when we put together those two pieces of evidence that uh, he wanted to lower the basement floor and he rented a jackhammer and his wife was missing... Investigators suspected that it was Dr. Boyle's mistress, Sherry Campbell, who signed Noreen Boyle's name to the sales agreement. And that Sherry Campbell was pregnant with Jack Boyle's baby. The next step was to look inside Dr. Boyle's new home. Just over three weeks after Noreen Boyle disappeared, police got a search warrant for Jack Boyle's new home in Erie, Pennsylvania. Investigators knew Dr. Boyle had rented a jackhammer a few days before his wife disappeared. And that Dr. Boyle had been making almost daily trips to Erie during the three weeks his wife had been missing. This is the police videotape of that search. In the garage, police found the new green indoor-outdoor carpeting Jack Boyle had recently purchased, but little else. From there, police checked the basement. The floor had recently been painted gray and new shelves installed at one end. So as the uh, technicians were uh, on the floor and, and looking around, one of them went over to the wall of the basement and said, there's a little bit of new... Uh, New concrete, uh, it's like a, a, a mortar or something. It's kind of soft. Carefully, they dug a small hole. Beneath the freshly poured concrete was the new, badly decomposed body of a middle-aged woman, her head covered with a plastic bag. She was wearing an expensive Rolex watch with Noreen Boyle's initials engraved on the back. The watch had stopped on December 31st, the day Noreen Boyle disappeared. To identify the body, a forensic odontologist compared the victim's teeth to dental x-rays of Noreen Boyle. After he completed his work, he looked at those, made the comparisons, and actually in the morgue announced this is this person. He made the identification that the victim was, in fact, Noreen Boyle. The autopsy concluded that Noreen Boyle was suffocated after she was struck on the head with a blunt object. 
prosecutors now knew why Jack Boyle wanted to take possession of his new home earlier than the sellers originally wanted to vacate. Because it was part of the murder plot to kill her on uh, the early morning hours of December 31st, uh, 1989, and he wanted to have a funeral uh, place uh, for the burial, and that was this new home that he wanted in uh, before uh, January 1st, 1990. That plan also included the rental of the jackhammer and Dr. Boyle bringing his mother home so she could babysit while he disposed of the body. But prosecutors could find no evidence that the body was transported to Erie in Jack Boyle's car. We did vacuum sweepings from all the cars. We tried to see if there was any association with a victim in the car that would not be normal. And there was really nothing that was drawn of any value from the analysis of the Bureau. And the plastic bag found wrapped around Noreen's head did not contain any identifiable fingerprints. A couple of days later, investigators found over a ton of concrete chips in Mansfield, Ohio, on a deserted piece of property owned by a business associate of Dr. Boyle, who also happened to be the uncle of Sherry Campbell, Dr. Boyle's girlfriend. And it was shaped up like you'd put dirt on top of a uh, burial plot. It was actually molded and shaped, this concrete, uh, as if somebody was buried underneath it. And a witness reported seeing Dr. Boyle in his pickup truck near the place where the concrete chips were found. To find out whether the cement debris came from the basement floor in the Erie home, investigators took samples to Larry Pisciatelli at CTL Engineering. Pisciatelli performed what is called a petrographic analysis. Based on our analysis, we were able to show that the sample that came out of that pile of concrete debris in Mansfield, Ohio, matched the sample that came out of the original basement floor slab in Erie, Pennsylvania, and therefore they were both from the same structure. Prosecutors believed they had an open and shut case until a family member delivered a bombshell. The news that Noreen Boyle was still alive. Why don't you send me the... On the night Noreen Boyle disappeared, she was on the telephone with a girlfriend when her husband Jack came home with his mother, who was visiting for the holidays. Well, I guess Jack isn't going to murder me tonight because his mother is spending the night. <laughs> but prosecutors believe that was exactly Jack's plan, to murder Noreen that night while his mother was there so she could babysit the children as he got rid of the body. Also part of this plan was Jack taking possession of his new home by January 1st and the rental of the jackhammer. Sometime after midnight on New Year's Day, 1990, the Boyles argued and Jack struck his wife on the head in their bedroom. He tied a plastic bag around her neck, wrapped her in a tarpaulin, and carried the body out to his car. Then Jack looked in on Collier to see if he might have heard anything. Collier said he pretended to be asleep. 
next morning, Boyle drove his wife's body to his new home in Erie, Pennsylvania, three hours away. Boyle used the jackhammer to dig Noreen's grave, then filled the hole with newly mixed concrete. The indoor-outdoor carpeting was placed on top. He transported the concrete debris back to Mansfield to get rid of the evidence of the burial. I think Dr. Boyle was theorizing that, that he was going to have a very successful practice. He uh, was going to make a lot of money in Erie, Pennsylvania. He was going to move there. And uh, he was going to have a girl that uh, he had had a relationship with uh, and was about to have a baby with uh, at his side. He wanted to have his other two children with him, uh, but he didn't want Noreen around. I think John Boyle is somebody who has himself convinced he didn't do this, but I think that he's a pathological liar. I think that he had lied to people throughout his life. He lied to his wife about his girlfriends. He lied to his girlfriends about his other girlfriends. He, he lied to people about his military experience. Um, I think he was such a good liar, he believed those lies. Dr. Jack Boyle was charged with first-degree murder in the death of his wife. And the key witness against him was his own son, who told jurors of his father's infidelities. I told her, I said, Mom, please sit down. And she says, why, Connor? I said, just please sit down. There's something I have to tell you. And she said, okay. I said, I think Daddy has a girlfriend. Collier also told the jury what he heard from his parents' bedroom on the night his mother disappeared. I heard a thud. A little... Okay, could you describe this sound for okay. us? Okay, it was about this loud. And then about a minute and a half later, I heard, or I mean half a minute later, I heard um, a thud like this. It's even louder. And at that time, I was petrified. I mean, I was just scared. We, the jury in this case... The jury found Dr. Boyle guilty and sentenced him to life in prison without possibility of parole for 20 years. But the story doesn't end there. After the trial, Jack Boyle's brother said Noreen Boyle had called him on January 2nd, 1990, two days after her supposed murder. He said he wanted to testify at the trial, but had not been called. Maintaining his innocence from his prison cell, Jack Boyle also contended that the coroner had misidentified the victim. There certainly are discrepancies that warrant uh, a review of the autopsy, a very careful review of the autopsy, in particular because of the capital case. It's my personal opinion that the body is not that of Noreen. To back up his claims, he pointed out discrepancies in the autopsy which described the body in the basement as having the wrong eye color, the wrong height, the wrong weight, described the victim as having no gallbladder, and with an intact appendix. Marine had an appendectomy. Appendices do not grow after they're removed. It just doesn't happen physiologically. Joining him in the request for exhumation was his son, Collier, who by this time was 16 years old. He, too, was concerned about the discrepancies in the autopsy. Now, almost five years later, he wanted to make sure it was his mother's body police found in the basement. The body was exhumed 
and tested using mitochondrial DNA analysis, which confirmed what the prosecution always contended. The body was that of Noreen Boyle. That was where he tried to poke a hole, uh, and a major hole, in the prosecution's case. But forensic evidence actually backfired on him and showed conclusively that it was, in fact, Noreen Boyle. The autopsy report did contain some factual errors, but in the end, DNA testing left no doubt and provided some closure for Collier Boyle. Scientific proof that his suspicions on the night his mother disappeared were unfortunately correct. Well, I don't think there's ever any way to erase the hurt that's inside him. Uh, to have your father kill your mother uh, is uh, probably the most devastating thing that could ever happen to you. And uh, so I think he's always going to suffer with that until um, hopefully time uh, heals that and, uh, and uh, maybe uh, puts that in the back of his mind instead of the forefront.